This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm your sometimes host, Adam Scalina. How are you doing, Corey? Good, Adam. Yourself? You you look a little tired this morning. You know what? I I, I should say I've been, uh, my, my kid is, uh, my kids, I should say, are not sleeping through the night. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Right. And now it's kind of compounded. But yeah. last night, yeah. I went to the Canucks game and we were fortunate enough. We got invited to a, a box that, uh, let's just say, I got home later than I typically get home. Yeah. Uh, Canucks won, which was huge. That's a celebration. In That's, itself, a celebration. Right? That's a celebration. <laughs> Plan the parade route. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then I got woken up like almost instantly once I yeah. got home and got to sleep, which was later than I typically go to sleep. You know, I'm about an hour in and then I get woken up. So was it, was it later getting home? Cause the taxi driver had to stop off at Domino's? No, not that food? kind no. of, not that, no, no okay. not okay. that dangerous of a night, but okay. Uh, okay. it was, yeah, it was a later night than, and then I, I, and then it was a morning as well. So well, anyways, if, I, if, uh, if the Canucks lost, I would, I would understand, but the fact they won, you're allowed to go celebrate because it doesn't happen very often in the right. city right now, unfortunately, <laughs> almost, I think, I think as bad as it sounds, I think winning is almost like worse right now. Cause if we just tank the season, we get Connor Bedard, we're all okay. Right. 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 So we're just tanking there. Adam, on the show today, we have Brad Howard, development director of PCI Developments one of Vancouver's premier developers, and he kind of goes through some of their amazing projects they have all over the city of Vancouver. And we focus in on a, a great project they have there in Surrey, the King George Hub, which is a right. massive project for housing and rental and office and retail and uh, kind of goes, you know, dives into that and sort of their insight on, you know, the Fraser Valley market as a whole. It, you know what? It's a really great conversation today with Brad. And I, I had some really big takeaways about just the direction of the city and the future of the region, yeah. I think that he kind of touches on. Um, also, some of the challenges we cover for the development community yeah. right now and, and what PCI is doing to, to weather, you know, obviously rising construction costs, an economy that's uh, potentially on the verge of recession. Yeah. So lots of really interesting insights uh, from today's episode with Brad. Yeah, no, great, great episode. We were very fortunate to get him. He's a really, really busy guy. PCI is, is, is growing and they've got so many projects in the works and currently under construction and completing. So we're very fortunate to get him, at, you know, provides a really, really good insight. And uh, we put, we ask a little bit on his vision on sort of like the, the new mayor's elect and how that will affect their business. So great episode, lots of good takeaways, as you mentioned, looking forward to the listeners to hear it. Without further ado, let's cut to our interview with Brad Howard, Development Director, PCI Developments. Enjoy, guys. 
Okay, so we're here with Brad Howard, Director of Development at PCI Development. How you doing, Brad? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot for taking the time today. Can you start maybe, Brad, by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. I, I was born and raised on the North Shore. Um, after high school, went right into post-secondary BCIT, UBC, um, then went right into the workforce as a consultant uh, back in 1999. I'm not sure how I started out as a consultant, um, but after about six years working in consulting, I decided I wanted to see what it was like to work for an owner. So I, I joined the pension fund slash fund manager on their investment team for about a year and a half. And then in 2006, I moved over to PCI to work as a project manager. And, and aside from a short hiatus around 2010, I've been here ever since. And then personally, I, I still live on the North Shore. I've got a wife and three kids, coach soccer, baseball, do a bit of volunteering, just kind of try to stay out of trouble. That's about it. So you got lots of time on your hands, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Huh>. No. <laughs> Why real estate, Brad? That's a good question. I, I actually started off at BCIT in petroleum and natural gas engineering. And I, I realized after a year doing chemistry and um, realizing that I would probably be stationed on a drill rig somewhere in the north or out in the middle of the ocean, I, I decided I wanted to change. And, and it was an interest in architecture and building and construction that led me to the, the BCIT program that I took uh, for a couple of years. And as I went through BCIT, I kind of morphed and found an interest on the economic side of, of construction and, and development. And so focused on economics at BCIT. And then that led me over to UBC to do an urban land diploma in real estate. So that's kind of how it worked and how I evolved and um, haven't looked back. I've really enjoyed it. So Brad, PCI is one of the premier developers in the city. Um, they've been around for a long time. Can you maybe let our listeners know a little bit more just about PCI and maybe the history of PCI for those who aren't aware? Sure. Yeah. So PCI, it's a privately owned real estate developer. We've been in business since 1982. Historically, we've been known as a merchant developer, which means we purchase land with the sole intention of creating value through redevelopment or repositioning of the property and then disposing it after that value has been created. We haven't specialized in any particular asset type. We've built retail, industrial, multifamily, office, mixed use, all of the above. And, and we've adjusted with market conditions as, as they happen and kind of go where the opportunities take us. More recently, we've, we've started to retain ownership in some of our developments, which I think really reinforces alignment with the vision of our partners and ourselves. In terms of projects that some of your listeners might be familiar with that we've completed, Crossroads at Camby and Broadway is one, Marine Gateway at Camby and uh, Marine in Vancouver, uh, Infinity on Robson, where the sport check is, Glenwood Industrial Estates, which is a large industrial park in South Burnaby. Those are some of our past projects. And then some kind of active or upcoming projects that we're working on are um, King George Hub in Surrey, which I, I think we'll talk about. We're really excited about some work that we're doing on Great Northern Way in Vancouver. You might be familiar with the, the, the red pedal building at 565 Great Northern Way, right by the new Emily Carr School. Um, right. That was PCI. Um, and we've got a lot more going on there, both in that, on that block, but it's further east towards VCC Clark. 
Um, we've got some properties in downtown Port Moody. We've got a site next to the Scott Road SkyTrain station in Surrey. We're under construction on a large mixed-use tower at Broadway and Granville. And then we've got some other smaller sites in Vancouver, 41st and Canby, 4th and Ontario. Um, we've got three projects on the 3600 block of East Hastings in Vancouver. So those are a few that we've got um, currently ongoing. So before we kind of dig into a few of those there, can you confirm or deny that the Great Northern Way building there that I believe Low Tide bought, that that coffee shop red had to be changed to like the Lululemon red color? Is that is that a true story? That's total back, uh, fiction. Um, I cannot confirm that. That's, I All think right. that's just a All rumor. Right. All right. It's a rumor, <laughs> but it's close. It's close. It's close to the Lululemon red. Okay, we'll leave it there. Brad, one we, one of the projects we wanted to dig into, which is a very exciting project, and you touched on it there a little bit, was the King George Hub project, which has been years in the making. There's been a lot of attention on the Fraser Valley, especially the Surrey market. You know, pre-COVID and obviously COVID's put an additional emphasis on this. Can you walk us a little bit through, uh, walk us a little bit of what that project is and how it sort of evolved and kind of the current, where it's currently at? As I know you guys had a big grand opening ceremony and everything recently. Yeah, sure. Um it, it started, I, I want to say, back in 2011 when the property came available for sale. And, and this was right around the time that we had finally gotten Marine Gateway under construction in Vancouver. And, and what we envisioned for King George Hub was very similar in concept to Marine Gateway. And it be, being located immediately adjacent to a rapid transit station and the opportunity to intensify growth on transit with a, a variety of uses like residential, retail, office, all on one site. And the ultimate feel and makeup of the development was quite a bit different than Marine Gateway, but just the, the overall concept of a vibrant, bustling, transit-oriented community was very much the, the goal there. So in terms of the makeup of King George Hub and what it's all about, it's it's a five-phase kind of master plan community. It contains about 365,000 square feet of office space, which post-pandemic levels kind of um, notwithstanding it, that's about 1,500 office workers um, in that space. Uh, about half of that space is taken up by the Coast Capital Building, and then um, which was completed in 2015. And then the other half of that space is in a new building that was completed last year. There's 165,000 square feet of ground-oriented retail space with the Save on Foods, Rexall, Subway, Panago, Tim Hortons, medical and pharmacy, and, and a wonderful independent restaurant called Rue, which I highly recommend if, if you get out there. The 1,600 condominiums, which are um, all sold out, half of which are complete and lived in. The other half are under construction and, and ready for occupancy in kind of mid-2025. And then nearly 800 rental homes, um, again, half of which are lived in, and then the other half will be delivered probably in early 2026. So you've obviously been very active in that marketplace and yourself probably with that development there. How have you seen things change over the past couple of years, mainly since like the COVID hit and then all of a sudden, you mean there was a big emphasis on livability and, and I think employers were also worried about people coming back to the office and even potentially having maybe more like a hub and spoke type office model where there's more emphasis put on these like Surrey and Langley offices. Did you guys see an increase in interest and activity both on the living side of it, but also the commercial side? You mean over the past, say, year since this COVID thing is sort of hopefully behind us, but the emphasis has been put more onto the Fraser Valley? I think it's anybody's guess right now what the future of office space looks like, the demand for it, how it's designed, how it's operated. It's it's really anybody's guess right now. I think the 
the hybrid situation that most of us find ourselves in these days will be here to stay in some form. Um, I think it was already heading that way pre-pandemic. And when COVID hit, we, had, we simply proved that it could work. So I think that hybrid kind of environment will continue to stay, which obviously curbs demand for space compared to pre-pandemic trends. But there's certainly a need and desire for people to be in the office at least some of the time. So it's not going to completely go away. In, in terms of the Fraser Valley itself, I, I'm going to qualify this. I am on the board of directors for the downtown Surrey BIA. So I am obviously going to be biased towards downtown Surrey. But aside from that, I truly believe the region needs a second downtown. It needs a central, a second central business district. If you look at a map of the region, downtown Vancouver, is, it's on a peninsula located very extreme northwest corner of the region. And it doesn't make a ton of sense to continue focusing the region's office growth at that location. So downtown Surrey is much more central, has a very good transportation connections with SkyTrain, South Fraser Perimeter Road, Highway 1, connections to the U.S. border. And with the extension of SkyTrain to Surrey or from Surrey to, to Langley, I, I think the future of office space in the Fraser Valley is in downtown Surrey. With all due respect, obviously, to Abbotsford and Langley, which you know I, I see having smaller office nodes, particularly on the on the SkyTrain um, and perhaps 200. But I think I read somewhere the other day that downtown Vancouver's office vacancy is the lowest in North America, which which is great for landlords, um, and that bodes well for for downtown Surrey, which which offers a more affordable option for office users, particularly if they're more of their staff are looking to live south of the Fraser. Yeah, I, I guess, and the last thing I'll say on the office market, as you know, as employers are trying to lure workers back to the office, I think investment in office space and building amenities and, and operations is going to be so important. And you know, landlords who put a focus on those things will have a leg up on on other buildings in, in what's going to be really a really competitive market going forward. Now, do you see PCI, I mean, you talked about some exciting projects you have going on and a lot of them sound in the greater Vancouver area. Do you see PCI you know, continuing to look for opportunities in the Fraser Valley market there based on the success of the King George Hub? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we, we believe in the growth and the direction of, of where um, the region is growing in terms of, um, in terms of growth. And, and, you know, we, we, we are very selective when it comes to sites. There, there's a number of brokers that I deal with that I think I, I annoy because um, we we're very selective, we're very picky on sites, and so we 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 are we're very interested and keen on the Fraser Valley. But I think our our personal PCI's activity is going to really focus on those transit sites, station sites, uh, any anything that's really well supported by transit. Brad, can you maybe uh, talk? Like you mentioned that you had some some uh, projects coming up in the Hastings area, and of course. Um, Great Northern Way is an area that uh, we we talk about a lot on our show and and we're excited about. Can you talk about maybe what's coming and and why you're excited about these areas? Sure, yeah. Um, Great Northern Way is a a location we're really keen on. As I mentioned, we we completed 565 Great Northern Way in 2017 uh, with low tide. Um, And we've got some really exciting things we're, we're looking at on the adjacent site and then further east towards BCC Clark. And those are kind of what our, our vision is, is really what PCI is all about. And that's complete transit-oriented communities, market rental housing, uh, affordable rental housing, active and vibrant bustling retail office 
and really highly high quality, well-designed public realm. And, and I can't share everything about it yet because it, it's pre-rezoning application. Um, so there's, I don't have a ton more to share, but it's, it's, we're, we're, we're hoping to be into the city with our rezoning application uh, early in 2023. And then in terms of East Hastings, we're, we're very active on that kind of very last block of East Hastings before we hit boundary. Um, we've got two market rental developments there, uh, both under construction. And then we've got a third project that's in for approvals. So we're, we're really excited about that block. This is uh, by the Kootenai bus loop, correct? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So obviously you guys have a very you know large investment in the greater Vancouver marketplace. And we just went through an election here that's going to see a new mayor coming in. Can you share any thoughts on the new mayor coming in there with Ken Sims and obviously maybe how that would affect the development community in a positive or negative way? We're hopeful that, um, and I want to be I want to be careful here. And I, I personally, I, I don't follow Vancouver politics as, I, as much as I do in other municipalities, um, but we're hopeful that some of the, the challenges of the previous council that really slowed down applications and slowed down delivery of, of housing projects, we're hopeful that those things can be resolved. And we've got a council here that sees the need to deliver uh, in particular housing projects and, and rental projects, just given the state of the housing market and the affordability crisis that we're in, we're, we're hoping that uh, the, the new council can really, really see the need to move approvals forward and get this housing delivered. So a follow-up to that then is obviously you mentioned there that you're actively involved in the, in the Surrey community there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the incumbent Mr. McCallum getting voted out and Brenda Lott coming in for that community there with regards to development and continued growth of Surrey? I think there's a, a general consensus amongst the community, amongst politicians, amongst stakeholders that we need a second downtown in the region, that being downtown Surrey. And I don't see the new mayor and council differing from that, that viewpoint. So I, I think from downtown Surrey's perspective, I think it's business as usual. I, I haven't spoke with the new mayor-elect, I, I, but that's my sense is that it's going to be business as usual for downtown. In fact, I, I think there's a real desire to see more growth in the downtown, particularly with respect to office development. In, in terms of other parts of Surrey, I, I'm not sure. We don't operate at the moment in other parts of Surrey, but downtown, I think we're, we're seeing business as usual. Brad, it's been a, a challenging uh, year for the development community, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically about building costs uh, skyrocketing. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges right now that you guys are experiencing? Yeah, it's, it seems like it's a perfect storm that we're being faced with right now with construction costs and labor costs, material costs. We're in the process right now of, of pricing a number of projects, and the, the way prices are right now, it's, it's, it's making a lot of projects not pencil. It's a problem. Um, and we're hopeful that it's going to stabilize and that there's a, there's a possibility of, of pricing reductions next year. I, I, you never really see pricing reductions, but with the, with the way prices are right now, it's, a number of these projects aren't penciling. So I, I think there's a, there's a possibility that you'll see some projects shelved, postponed. Um, there, there's a number of large public projects on the go right now with St. Paul's and, and the Surrey-Langley Skytrain extension, the Broadway line, those are all eating up demand for materials and, and labor. And so 
that's that's a big challenge we're dealing with right now. Kind of further to that question, has has the interest rate environment, and obviously in the residential market, we've seen a lot of softening. In the commercial market, it, it seems to be more buoyant, dependent on on the asset class. But has the current uh, economic environment created any any challenges, or has it changed um, the business strategy at all of PCI? Well, we're, we're certainly watching it. Um, it's it, with inflation. I think I think it was last reported around seven percent, and and you know we're in we're in an interest rate environment that we haven't seen for a very long time. So it certainly has the potential of eroding buying power for people in business. Um, so it's something we're watching. We we currently don't have any projects that are exposed to the condo market, so the slowdown in the condo market hasn't really impacted us. The residential component of our projects is entirely made up of rental, which was a decision that we made several years ago, and, and we expect to see strong growth in, despite rent controls, which which is another uh, another conversation. Right. But in terms of commercial space and office, we do have some standing inventory on the office that we're working through, but we're confident that we'll get through it just based on the strength of our real estate. Brad, you know, you talked a little bit about some of the markets that you guys are in, like within Port Moody and Surrey and Vancouver there. What markets is PCI you know, most excited about and where do you see a lot of opportunities? As I mentioned, we're, we're really focused on Metro Vancouver and urban locations within Metro Vancouver that are highly supported by transit. We're, we're continuing to focus on those types of locations. City of Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby, um, you know, we've kicked tires in Victoria and other suburban markets. But going forward, I think you'll just see us doing most of our business where there's strong transit. But we're always looking at opportunities. So, uh, Maybe as a, a final question here, Brad, um, you know, and, and more thinking about, again, the market here, the commercial market seems to be weathering uh, the, the downturn a little bit better than the, the residential market. What do, you think, what do you think happens in commercial real estate? Any th- predictions or thoughts over the next uh, maybe one to three years? I mean, it's a, it's a very broad question, but I think on the investment side, I personally think that, you know, with where interest rates are and borrowing costs are going, you know, that's going to push some investors to the sidelines and maybe perhaps curtail some, some of the crazy demand that we've seen for, for real estate. Cap rates may start inching up or have already started inching up. Um, and that, that's going to happen across the board. But there's just so much demand for investment grade real estate that I don't think there's going to be a complete slowdown in, in transactions and, and values. You know, Vancouver's economy has always been diverse, and I think that diversity is going to continue to drive growth. I, I think I saw somewhere that said one of that Vancouver is one of the top cities in North America for tech job growth, and and we need to house all those people. So, you know, there's just so much demand for for real estate, both from a, an occupier perspective and an, an investor perspective. I, I just don't see a real real slowdown. Um, you know, we lead the country in immigration. That's not going to change with you know the federal government's targets. Um, unemployment remains very low. As I mentioned, there's such high demand for labor and materials. Tourism numbers are back to near pre-pandemic levels. Shipping container traffic is strong. I think the fundamentals are good, and and you know we're 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 hearing about a looming recession that's coming up, and we're certainly watching it. But I, I you know, I'm no economist. I, I this this looming recession recession to me, it, it almost seems like it's manufactured, um, you know, to to deal with inflation, and it's 
it's not that it's not being caused by poor economic fundamentals. It's again, it, it seems to be being manufactured to deal with the inflation, and so the 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 economic fundamentals are otherwise there. You know, notwithstanding Ukraine or other world issues. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think obviously the you know I mean the Feds with the continued interest rate hikes to try to battle inflation both here north and south of the border, we're definitely going to get pushed into a recession of some sort. But I think the the optimistic viewpoint on that will be that there could be a hockey stick recovery because it's not being driven by an economic you know crisis such as uh, you know the bank meltdown in the states or the, or the mortgage meltdown in the states or nine eleven or something like that. So I think optimistically the, the the bounce back of it will probably be a lot greater and faster than maybe we've seen around some other events. I, I agree, and I think I think we were we were just about to go on the, not a hockey stick recovery, but a but a, a good recovery just ahead of of COVID, and then COVID hit, and that kind of threw everything threw everything off. And it, you know, obviously, COVID was a big disruptor, and and there was you know a lot of stimulus put into the economy to deal with COVID, and now now you know, in part due to that stimulus, we're, we're dealing with inflation. And so we're now, again, manufacturing a recession through rising in, of, of interest rates to deal with that inflation. But I think outside of all that disruption and all the, all the, um, the, the, the government stimulus and interest rate management, um, I think the economic, fund, economic fundamentals are there. Um, so I'm hoping Again, blue sky optimist maybe, but I'm I'm hoping that um, once inflation gets in check, then there's going to be um, a return to some good times. I I agree with you. I think I think everyone's optimistically hoping for the same thing. Brad, before we let you go here, we got our six pack of lighthearted questions. We ask all of our guests so we get to know you a little bit more outside of the office. Can you hang out for just a few more minutes? Yeah, let's give it a shot. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Okay, Brad. First question up: favorite restaurant or bar? Oh man, um, I like I said, I'm going to give a shout out to Rue in Surrey. Um, you know, having three kids, I don't get out to eat too much, but um, I was at Rue for lunch um, a couple weeks ago, and it was awesome. Um, food was great, service was great, um, and you know, I'm, I'm biased being um, part of that project. But Rue is some, somewhere to check out if you're ever out in downtown Surrey. Uh, Good one. That's a great one. Good one. Uh, second question, Brad. Um, what is one book that uh, our lis- listeners should read? Uh, I I don't read a lot of books. Um, again, just having kids crawling over all over <laughs> me outside of work. But um, I did I did actually come across a book in one of those little neighborhood book stands, and I I, I took it on a vacation at the end of the summer and read it. It's, it's called Red Notice, and it was it's about a an American capitalist who was the son of a, of um, one of the great American communist leaders. And, and he became a capitalist and moved to Russia and um, eventually ended up exposing a lot of corruption in Russia. And so it was a really, really interesting book, a true story. We actually, we had that book. It's been probably a little bit of time since then. Yeah, but yeah, somebody rec- well. yeah sounds like a great book. Favorite band or musician? Oh, man. Favorite band? Oh, or this this is this is where we really get to know <laughs> you here. So, like, favorite band yeah. or musician? 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna weasel my way out of this and, and, and say <laughs> I, you know, I like everything. I honestly do. I you know, country, rock, rap, trance, if that's what they call it. Um, still, <laughs> I really I like everything. I, I just don't like jazz. But what I've been kind of tuning into recently is I, I I'm really back into that '80s rock bands, you know, hair bands. Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Poison, nice. Motley Crue, you know, uh, that's been on my playlist recently. All, all good ones. All good ones. Mm. What are you binge watching on Netflix or uh, or a movie recommendation? Oh, man. You know, this sounds bad. I don't have any control of my TV in our house. So, <laughs> that doesn't um, sound bad. Everyone on this everyone on this call today has kids. Yeah. We all understand. <laughs> I, I, I spent all morning watching VeggieTales, so... You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been watching a lot of baseball. But, um, October baseball is awesome. I'm a baseball fan. And then just watching watching um, baseball playoffs in October and the World Series, you know, that's it. when I get a chance to, to turn on the tube, I'll go to baseball highlights or watch a game. So you unfortunately find yourself on death row. You're allowed one meal before it's all said and done. What meal are you having? Mm. I think a big, juicy fat steak with some mashed potatoes and veggies on the side. Any, any particular restaurant you're ordering that from? Um, who does a good steak in town? I don't know. I've, I'm so out of touch. You gotta go to the keg. The keg's a good one. Let's, let's do it. Okay. The keg it is. One of the keg. Last, <laughs> last but not least, Brad, uh, something that you've purchased recently for under $1,500 that's had a positive impact on your life. Yeah, this is an easy one. So like a lot of people in COVID, I, I purchased a COVID gym um, and put it into my carport at home. And um, I've been diligent about working out two, three days a week, four days a week with this COVID gym, squats, nice. bench press, um, kettlebells, all that stuff. It's It's been awesome. I probably wouldn't have bought it if COVID didn't happen. But yeah, that's that's really changed my life for the better. And are you back at the office or did you do a, a, a stint from work from home? Well, the first month of COVID, we were, we were out of the office. But after that first month I've been in every day, I like being in the office. I, I'm much more productive in the office. So personally, I'm in the office, but we're kind of on that hybrid office program where, you know, um, you, know you, you, you get two or three days a week to work from home. Yeah. Just whatever works for your per, uh, personal situation is kind of what the PCI thing is but the but the home gym is still being used even with you yeah, at the nine, office <laughs> nine or ten o'clock at night i'm, I'm out there nice. oh, wow. even even, <laughs> even last night in three degrees of rain i'm out there oh, that's commitment gotta stick with it that's commitment yeah. all right brad can uh how can our guests or how sorry how can our listeners find out more about what pci is doing well uh easiest thing is our website uh www.pci-group.com um, I believe we do have some social media, but we're not big social media posters. So um, website is the easiest and all of our contact information is on the website. Well, thanks again for taking the time uh, today, Brad. And uh, yeah, really fascinating conversation. Yeah, thanks guys. It was a pleasure. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Brad Howard, Development Director, PCI Developments. A lot of great takeaways. A chat with Brad, and I immediately want to go invest in uh, Surrey. Yeah. No, well, the well, thing, too, is you mean that, that project they have out there that we sort of talked there about the King George Hub is a massive project. For those who haven't seen it, if you're in that area, 
go check it out. And I think one thing too that he emphasizes quite a bit that PCI's vision and focus is always sort of like transit oriented. And right. they've done a spectacular job, whether it's down at Marine Gateway down there, the King George Hub. They've got some projects on the West on West Broadway corridor coming up. That that plan has now been adopted. They talk about Great Northern Way and the VCC Clark SkyTrain. So a very very you know, very, very focused approach to development. And they've right. done a great job with some spectacular projects. No, for sure. And I, and I love the comment too, that geographically downtown Vancouver just doesn't make sense in no. a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, and and a lot of people pushing for a second kind of downtown region, which is, which is great. So yeah, fantastic conversation with Brad. Corey, what's going on in your world right now? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, we've we've managed to weather the storm still, I'll say, you know, even as interest rates, you know, tick up again, right. uh, you know, this past month, 50 basis points in Canada, down south, 75, 75. Basis, basis points. We have another meeting coming up on December 7th. So, I mean, I think you're in for another. Just uh, in time uh, for Christmas. Yeah, Merry, Merry, Merry <laughs> Christmas. You can't pay your mortgage. Uh, so, you know, another hike is probably coming. But overall, we've been, you know, we always suffer from from a lack of inventory like we talk about. That has been consistent this whole time. Good assets have still, you know, generated a lot of interest. And to give you an example, there was a great asset that came for sale in Kelowna. It was a, a retail plaza, you know, good retail plaza. I, I believe it was over an acre, maybe it was two acres, anchored by Starbucks. Six, I, heard, I heard about yeah, this. six offers, six offers, six offers, and we're talking. And you guys, did you guys have that? No, it wasn't our listing. It was it was a listing by another brokerage there, but they did a great job promoting it. I think they I think our office had maybe one offer in. Potentially there was going to be more, but I think the amount of interest they had scared them off, scared off some buyers. But we're talking about an asset over eight million dollars. Wow. Right. So I'm under the impression that those six offers were, you know, either at ask or over ask, but great asset. Lost of lots of money on the sidelines, sitting waiting to come in. And that's just a great opportunity there. when an asset like that does come for sale. Even in these markets, there's a lineup of buyers. Right. So we've been very fortunate like that from the commercial real estate side. Are you seeing like the buyers that are that you guys are working with right now? Is it is it more kind of institutional money or is it more kind of mom and pop investors or yeah, the mom and pop and the owner operate owner, owner occupiers, they're the ones that have been hit the hardest just because right. they they don't they're not immune to the interest rates versus some of these larger institutional type buyers, high net worth individuals that might have the financial capability of you know closing with cash riding out the storm and then bringing in a mortgage a year later. You mean right. that those are the buyers that are definitely, you know, are much more active in this market. I think it's fair to say everyone's looking for a deal. You know, so the optimism right now as interest rates rise, people might have to sell, but those people have been very few and far between from what we've seen out there. So that's kept the, you know, pricing relatively close to where it was. Obviously it has pulled off some assets. Classes have been hit harder than others, but Overall, you haven't seen a mass dump of inventory hit the market and you haven't seen things go from like a three cap to like a seven cap where people are running in there. They've inched up, no doubt. But like I said, overall, the market has been very, very steady and it's sort of really, really held its numbers overall. Just thinking about right now, because like legitimately winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and we're we're now in November, getting to a s- slower moment in, yeah. in, the, in the cycle typically in the in the year. What are your thoughts for the balance of the year? Is it more of the same? Uh, well, I think you know, you know, if good inventory comes available, there's a lot of people who are looking for that. So I think that will keep it consistent. But as we do head into the holiday season, naturally, it does slow down. The last last year kind of bucked that trend with interest rates as low as they were. But I think heading to the holiday season, it typically will slow down. January, you mean, it's typically a slow month. February starts to pick up. Depending on what economists you listen to, some of them are hoping like spring time-ish you might start to see interest rates kind of pull off a little bit. If we get pushed into a recession, which is the direction it looks like we are going, maybe they pull off a little bit 
faster than we think of that. Some economists think that they're going to hold steady for 2023. So I think next year is really determined around that. But again, you know, the, talking about that clone asset, good assets. There's a lineup of buyers waiting for it in BC, and we're very lucky that way. So I think uh, regardless to where things go, you know, good product will sell. And this is really just a blip on the radar. Demand is so high. Brad talks about immigration and all of that stuff. Supply and demand issues will probably outlive us. So it's all going to come back right now. If you can find the good opportunity and you have the financial resources to take it, get it. Because I think fast forward a year from now, you could be the smartest guy in the room. And and the fundamentals are there, right? 100%. So, uh, Corey, 100%. if anyone wants to talk about that or anything else, how can they get in touch? They can reach us at our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best broker uh, for your asset class within the province. They can drop me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. Lastly, they can visit our website, WilliamWright.ca and sign up for the latest and greatest news. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks, guys. Take care. Subscribe today.